You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. Welcome back to another episode of NFT365. Excited to have you guys here as always. Big shout out to all of those that are leaving uh, those reviews over on Apple Podcasts. Uh, really appreciate it. I I'm, I'm, promise I'm hearing uh, and listening to all of the uh, amazing feedback that you guys are giving. And, uh, you know, it really uh, hits home to me. It keeps me motivated, right? We're doing this uh, each and every day. And so I can't thank you enough. And thank you for sharing out the podcast on Twitter and Instagram stories and uh, even got a couple mentions over there on TikTok. So I uh, always appreciate that. And, you know, when we're thinking about, you know, just really the kind of like the state of NFTs and state of, you know, all of the things that we're currently dealing with, you know, crypto is definitely on a massive uh, downturn recently. And, you know, one of the things we have to like just recognize is that, you know, this is a roller coaster and, you know, the impact of NFTs like on our, our mental health, on our view of things um, is not something to take lightly. Um, and I just want to make that very clear. It's something that I want to make sure we address here on the podcast on a regular basis because a lot of the emotions that we take on in this NFT space, especially, is like this like regret and um, what if I, like, there's so many things where, like, man, I was thinking about doing this. Like, I, why didn't I do this? Or what if I had done that? Or I should have trusted myself. And there's a lot of like this, like, um, like self talk that, that exists for us in uh, NFTs, especially and crypto um, as well, um, that is not, that can be very uh, damning to ourselves, right? And I think, you know, oftentimes I've made the statement that like not making a decision or not minting something or not buying an NFT um, can be just as good as a buying an NFT, right? But we don't think about that oftentimes when we're, we're, we're reverse engineering, right? So, you know, one of the things that you can do is you can also like track like all of the decisions you make, not just the decisions that uh, that you end up feeling, you know, regret or remorse for. Uh, and I actually started doing that now. So like there are projects where we're like, we're evaluating them. And if I get like, I'm like, man, I, I want to look at all the projects. Well, I want to look at the projects that I decided not to mint and how many of them went to zero. And I saved myself 0.5 ETH, 0.2 ETH. Um, and, you know, I think we have to kind of have that balance because, you know, it's almost in our human nature. It's in like our, our life. It's just in our world where we focus so much more on the negative, right? When someone comments on your Facebook page, you could get a hundred positive comments. One person leaves a negative comment and we spend hours thinking about the negative comment, building up a reply, but yet there's a hundred positive ones that were like, cool, thanks. And we move on. And that's just kind of like our human nature. And we just have to be very aware of that, especially with like the downturns and things that are happening. And, you know, if you're a believer in what we're, you know, kind of working on and, and this roller coaster, you know, there's times like right now, like while we're recording this uh, episode where, you know, um, ETH is down, you know, 16%, I believe, uh, you know, rally is down even even more than that. Bitcoin is down uh, 13%, even just in the last 24 hours. Uh, and, you know, it, it's definitely a roller coaster. And these type of things are going to happen. 
And I do have an episode coming up, um, actually two episodes coming up, um, where we're going to talk a little bit about like that fluctuation. Um, and we're also going to talk a little bit about the correlation between like crypto and when crypto goes down and then, you know, uh, you know, do NFTs go up? How does, how does that all look? Because that's important uh, for a wide uh, range of things. And I just want everybody to kind of think about that. And that includes, you know, when you're, you know, I've, I've recommended this for everybody, like don't schedule your, uh, you know, when you're trying to sell an NFT on the secondary market, try not to use more than like three days. You know, I, I can understand it can get annoying. Maybe you want to do it for a week, but um, don't do more than like a week on on scheduling one of your NFTs for sale because, you know, I, I was talking to a friend uh, this morning, actually, and, you know, they were explaining to me some of the things and I was like, you realize that you lost money by selling that for more than what you minted it. And he was like, what? And so he minted this NFT for 0.09. Uh, and he did that five days ago. Uh, and today he sold the NFT for 0.14, which, which you know, technically is 0.05 more in Ethereum. But the price, the USD price of how much that, you know, he actually got, um, you know, he ended up paying, I think, I think he paid uh, $484 for the NFT itself. But because uh, Ethereum has gone down so much in these five days that when he sold it for even 0.05 more in like the calculations, uh, he ended up selling it for like $440. So he ended up losing $45 in the whole thing, plus gas fees. Uh, And so just kind of something to be aware of. Now, I said plus gas fees, and that, that of course, is what we're going to tackle here on this episode. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I don't even like the term gas because I think we immediately think of it as like this, like the renewable resource, the fact that we put gas in the car. Nobody likes paying for gas. You know, nobody goes to the gas station and is excited because they have to put gas in their car. But if we think about it from the standpoint of, you know, transactional fees, and I don't even like that, right? Because then it's like, why am I getting a fee every time? More of it really is we are paying for those that the the computers, the miners that are actually, you know, solving the problems that 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 actually keep Ethereum going or, uh, you know, ETH going. Um, we're actually paying them, right? So like, that's how this, you know, like the entire fees go. But I'm gonna kind of break down, you know, kind of some of the things here that, that you're going to want to pay attention to. But what, you know, one of the bigger things about this is it's very easy for us to spend all of our time like really like uh, being upset about like these fees. And probably a couple of years from now, we'll look back and laugh at the fact that we are willing to pay these. But you also have to remember as early adopters that are pushing the technology, we have an early adopter advantage, right? Where the, the bar is not currently set on what things should be charged, how the fee, how, how much things are worth. And in many cases, we're reaping the rewards of being the early adopters, the ones that are here. And in a way, we're paying higher gas fees because we know that there's some innovations coming that are going to help us with that. But I would argue that our our benefit um, in the ETH ecosystem uh, outweighs the fact that eventually we're going to have to we can actually pay less um, in our fees, you know, as we move forward. So just kind of keep that um, in mind. Now, gas, you know, it is how the miners get, uh, you know, paid for solving the problems within, uh, you know, our, you know, that's how, you know, from a cryptocurrency side of the house. But we actually, you know, I just want to kind of break it down into, you know, kind of the idea, right? And so within a smart contract or within like the underlying code of an NFT, there are gas units. And those gas units are actually based on the actions that are, are needed to be taken for that transaction to happen. And so, for example, people are like, why do I have to uh, pay gas when I'm transferring an NFT? I'm not selling it. I'm just transferring it. Why am I paying gas? 
Well, it's because when that, when you hit execute on that, what it has to do is it has to look at your wallet and it has to comp- say like, does this person own the wallet? Yes. Uh, you know, uh, do they have the ability to to transfer this? Yes. Is this address that they're transferring it to available? Yes. And so it's doing those checks. And those checks are ultimately what you're paying for. And so that includes when we're posting a, the very first time we're posting an NFT of a collection to OpenSea, we do have to pay a transaction fee because it's the first, it's the, it's the time we're kind of opening up that block for us to actually make the, the transaction. And just to clarify that, that's, this is a big, you know, it's been a big discussion in our discord, you know, it's only the first time that you're doing a collection on that secondary marketplace. So let's say, uh, you know, I'll just use, for example, the in-betweeners NFT, right? I own six in-betweeners uh, NFTs. It's the Justin Bieber uh, bears that you, many of you have seen me talk about. And because I own six of them, the very first time I go to sell one on the secondary market, it's going to pop up and say, hey, this is your one-time fee for posting this for sale, right? And I hit yes. And, and I, you know, usually I would say it ranges from like $12 to like $40, depending on gas fees, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. And so once I pay that, every other time I list a different in-betweener NFT or that same in-betweener, I'm not paying each time I'm listing it, just that initial one for the entire collection on OpenSea. Now, if I go to a, a secondary market like Looks Rare or Rareable, and I go to post that same collection, I'm going to pay that fee again because it's the marketplace and it's logging that transaction. So those are things to kind of be, keep aware of. So, but before we kind of go into that, like you know, that whole piece, what this, you know, what Ethereum is is Ethereum is a first mover advantage blockchain. Uh, and what I mean by that is kind of like in the stock market where they, you know, they they have the concept of front running stocks. What it really means is that the way that things are prioritized to execute on Ethereum is based on how much gas. So right, the more gas you pay, the more that your item is pushed to the front of the line, right? And so it, it would be almost as if you were sitting in traffic, right? And, and let's say, that I think the traffic example is great. I live in Washington, D.C. It's one of the worst traffic places in the world, maybe minus L.A. and New York. Uh, it used to take me uh, two hours and five minutes each way to go 29 miles when I worked at the Pentagon, right? 29 miles, it would take almost two hours. Ridiculous. But here's the, here's the example, right? When, when you get onto the highway, when I would get onto the highway at 7.30 on a Monday, traffic would be backed up for miles, right? And it would take me a lot longer to get in there. Now, in the blockchain world, if I wanted to pay more gas fees, I could actually increase or jump that line or maybe even go into the HOV lane, right? Where that, where I'm actually able to skip ahead. Now, what if I was like, man, I don't want to pay anything. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to pay a very low gas fee and I'm going to sit at the very back. Well, what happens is eventually if I was sitting in the very back and people continue to pay the average rate on the, on the interstate, I just keep staying in the same spot or go even going backwards because it keeps piling on. And eventually I would fall off because I would never actually get to my destination. So if you don't pay enough gas fees, which it means if you go in there and you manually lower it, you actually have the, you will actually end up with a failed transaction and then you'll, you won't end up paying the whole gas fee, but you will pay an amount based on what transactions have happened. 
Now, the difference between this is, right, is if I was leaving the Pentagon here in Northern Virginia um, at, uh, let's say, midnight um, on a Sunday night, um, all of a sudden the, the traffic isn't near as much, right? So I don't have to pay a lot more to skip ahead because there's no one really to skip ahead of and I can actually pay a minimal amount and then I can just keep cruising on on the interstate, right? And and so the the thing to think about this is that the there are multiple factors that actually go into the price of gas. And, you know, it can be the, the time of day, right? The amount of traffic that is on the interstate. But it's also going to be determined on the, the token and the actual amount of actions that are built into the, the actual contract and even how clean the code is or how um, well designed the actual NFT backend can be. And I think that the analogy with the traffic works great with this, right? Because it's much like, you know, if a contract is very messy, it would be kind of like taking, you know, multiple 18 wheeler you know, trucks onto the interstate. And if you need to merge over, you recognize that it's going to take a lot more uh, to move, you merge over, right? You're going to have to take lots of actions to move, merge um, that giant, you know, tractor trailer. And because of that, it's going to cost you more each time that you're making each one of those actions. And so the, the beauty of this, and I'm going to talk about this at the end of the podcast, there are some innovation and there are some ways that people are, are right now pushing forward to uh, start to mitigate some of the, the gas fees, not eliminate, but mitigate them. Uh, I also know for many people, they'll be listening to this and like, well, that's why I want to be on a different uh, blockchain or I want to use a different cryptocurrency. Let's be very careful on what that, that means. Just want to put this out there that if you take the transactional volume of Ethereum and you put that on the, the exact same amount of tra- you know, transactions onto something like Solana or Cardano, you're going to run into a whole other you know, few, uh, you know, mass amount of issues that could be not only where the fact where the network becomes so clogged that it does nothing, but it could also be because it would require the, the, computer, the computing to be so chaotic that the fees could go out of control in a way that we've never um, actually you know, imagined before. And so these are things that you're going to want to factor into you know, these decisions because it's very easy to say, wow, I hate gas fees. I want to go onto Solana. Well, you know, what does that look like if we all went there, right? It's very easy for us to say, well, Solana doesn't charge me anything for gas today, but it's also because there's less people, there's less, tra- you know, there's less traffic on the interstate, right? <laughs> Which means it's going to go down. It's also that the smart contracts are also designed a little bit differently. Um, some things good, some things bad. So now taking a step back a little bit further, um, the way that, that gas, the gas fees are measured is in GWEI, G-W-E-I, you might've, might have, guys might've actually heard of GWEI before, but the, you know, from a GWEI perspective and really kind of how this all works is that, you know, a lot of times the, the way GWEI, you know, we can think about it is it just means gigawai and gigawai is referring to the amount of, um, you know, gua, you know the, the way that this actually number is calculated. And really what that means is if, if it's one, you know, one billion guai equal one ETH. And so the re- so if it's, you know, when we say guai is one, that really is saying it's 0.0000001 uh, Ethereum. And so rather than saying point, you know, gas fee is 0.0000001 uh, Ethereum, we say it's one guai. Now, what that means is that when you are checking the gas fees, right, when you are um, monitoring gas fees, so like right now, I'm recording this on a Saturday morning, um, you know, I can look and say, okay, what is the gas fee right now? And right now, the gas fee is 179 guai, right? Um, And so 
what I can do is what I what I know is that that that's how it's you know that's how we are um, displaying it. And so one of the things that you're going to want to you'll start to realize is that you'll be able to look at that number and determine if now is a good time or a bad time. Now I will say for those of us on the East Coast in the United States, um, we are part of like the um, the mainstream side of using um, the Ethereum blockchain. And so more often than not, during our prime hours, right between let's say 9 a.m. and 9 p.m., the gas fees are for the most part are going to be higher than they would between 9 p.m. Eastern time and 9 a.m. Eastern time, right? Or 7 a.m. Eastern time, I guess. Um, and that also you know, factors into the UK and, and, and you know, how much traffic is out there. And so I'm, I'm just going to let you know right now while we're recording this part of the episode, it's at a 179 guai. And I would say that's a little bit on like the higher side, but not super high for this time of day, right? And I will say for me, for the most part, if it's um, the closer to number to a hundred guai, the better for me. Like I, I don't really find just because of the time of day that I live in. Um, I'm very seldom am, am able to make a transaction that the guai is under a hundred. And if it's over 200, almost no matter what, I'm not going to make that transaction uh, unless it's something that I know that it will disappear if I don't have it, you know, in that time. So, you know, gas fees, and I remember I don't like the term, they're a necessary evil because they're what keeps the, the Ethereum blockchain running. And they're also how we make sure that the network is not clogged or plugged. Because if the gas fees didn't exist or they were changed in a way that, um, that you know, were so small, what would happen is that you know, spam and useless um, transactions on the blockchain would actually clog up the blockchain and our transactions would actually not be able to be executed. And it would be something that would be a lot of uh, you know, difficulty there. And so you know, when we think about this, the, there's some things that are, that are going to make our lives a little easier. And you might've seen this where you, you want to, you're going to go, let's say you're going to, um, you're, I, I've, I've noticed this. I'll use my me as example. Um, I'm, you know, I, I've been minting the NFTs for our project under my, uh, my public wallet. And then I transfer them to our, uh, mint 365 wallet. And so funny enough, I can look at the guai and it say, okay, I know that the guai right now is 145 and I go to transfer one of my NFTs and it comes up and says that transaction fee is going to be $31, right? U S dollars. And I hit accept that the, the guai stays the same. I go to another NFT, I hit transfer and it says the transfer fee for this one is $135. And you're like, how did it, it's a hundred dollars more. Like the gas fees go up. Not necessarily, right? When I'm looking at the, I'm monitoring the gas, the how much guai it is currently. The gas fee didn't go up, but it could, and and, and there could be a couple of factors within. You know, what are the things within the NFT? Like, how is the the contract written underneath of that NFT? That is, is it so complex, or let's just say, you know, it's a difference between clean code and dirty code in the sense of is it written in a way that allows the miners and the transactions to go through it very fast, or is it a lot of like useless? Stuff Steps, a lot of like if this then that that ultimately don't need to be executed. And so one of the things that we're seeing is that we're seeing that you can write, you know, you can use different tokens now and you can actually build out different styles of smart contracts to hopefully mitigate that, right? And and for those that are aware of this, like I talk about this uh, on Twitter a lot where I will, when, if a project is, is designed and has, is, was built with a low gas fee contract, I make that very well known just so people are aware of that. Now, not all contracts, not all NFTs can be built that way because 
part of the reason we love, you know, some of our favorite NFTs is that they do a lot of things for us, right? They, they, the NFT itself has so many different things that it can activate. And because of that, it's, it's naturally going to be more complex, more, you know, going to uh, you know, cost us a little bit more. Now, there are some nuances in you know, gas fees. Um, one of the things that most people are not aware of is that um, you, when you go to buy an NFT on the secondary market, right? So if you open up OpenSea, and let's say you're going to search World of Women, and you go to click and buy one of the World of Women NFTs, you're going to pay, the person that buying the NFT is going to pay that gas fee when, when you're buying it. So depending on when you're buying it will determine what the gas fee is. Now, if you put an offer in, right, so rather than saying you're going to buy it, you're going to put an offer in for that NFT. And let's say they accept that offer, the actual person accepting the offer actually pays your gas fees. Now, I will say that doesn't mean that your, you know, accepted bid offers are going to always work, right? There's a difference between buy now and then bidding on something that is an auction or putting in your own, you know, you're making your own offer for an NFT. And so um, I do know some people that are in, uh, you know, the community of mine here, uh, you know, with the NFT 365 uh, that are have got really, you know, really strategic with ways that they're they're putting offers in above the floor price but below the price that the person is asking for for that NFT. And if they accept it, they're also saving the gas fee because the actual seller is then paying for the, the gas fee. So you would almost be, you could almost um, calculate that you're gonna, you can make a higher offer maybe than you wanted to or that you're thinking about because that gas fee is now going to be passed off um, to the seller. Now, you know, when, when you are factoring these things in, you do want to, you know, when you're in your spreadsheet uh, that you're monitoring, you're, you know, kind of tracking your NFTs, you also want to, you know, track how much that gas fee was and like what that, you know, amount is, right? And, you know, I will tell you, we're doing that with our, you know, we're buying an NFT every single day here uh, with the podcast. And that is something we are tracking. And originally, I was just tracking how much ETH the, uh, the actual gas fee was, right? So I would say, you know, gas fee on this one was 0. 0.009. Um, and, now I recognize like, okay, well, then I have to go figure out what was ETH at that point. So I am putting like US dollar um, amount where I'm tracking the US dollar amount that we are spending um, in gas for each one of these transactions. Now, I will say the overall price points of NFTs, I do believe is a little high, a little high for um, entry points. And it's also, you know, a limitation for our mass adoption of NFTs. But it's also something that's kind of like where we're at right now. Now, I mentioned earlier in the podcast that we will have, um, you know, there are some innovations that are, you know, in the works that are hopefully going to mitigate some of the gas fees. Now, you know, Ethereum 2.0 is something that has been talked about for years um, in the making. Um, I will say that, you know, one of the things that I've been hearing more and doing more research on is that there's a there's a high likelihood that Ethereum 2.0 will roll out this year. But there's also a high likelihood that won't have a immediate drastic impact on gas fees because of a, a whole wide amount of reasons for us kind of transitioning over and how that all will kind of look. But there are some innovations that are happening around the way the contracts are actually um, you know, managed within uh, like a marketplace. Uh, we also know that there are some you know, uh, really well-designed, like you know, some smart contract templates that are allowing people to kind of build a, a little bit more seamless um, NFT uh, you know, experience, which hopefully will bring the gas fees down as well. And so you might be asking yourself, like, what does this all mean, Brian? How does this all work for me? Well, I will tell you, like for me, if I'm going, if I see an NFT for sale 
and I notice it's been up for sale for a while, right? You can look and see, it'll say how long this NFT has been for sale. Maybe it'll say, you know, it'll, it'll say like it was listed seven days ago, right? Well, if I know it's been up there for a while and there's not a whole lot of buzz around this NFT collection, what I will do is I will actually like, this is how I do it. I'm very calendar driven. I'll go on my calendar and put like at 1130 tonight, I will put like a notification buy world of women NFT. And I'll put like the link to the one that I want to buy or I'll hit favorite. And then I'll come back to it at like 1130 at night where I'll oftentimes the gas fees for me are much lower than they were in the middle of the day when I'm discovering that. Now, if I see a, a collection that is getting a lot of buzz and momentum and there's like a really great deal on an NFT right now, I'm going to sacrifice and pay more gas fees at that moment because, hey, the, I, I don't want to risk losing it, right? And that's kind of like that risk versus reward. Now, the last part of this I wanted to just cover is that for NFT projects that are launching, a lot of people are trying to get creative with how they launch their NFTs to prevent gas wars. So gas war just means that if you are saying like, hey, at 8 p.m. tonight, we're going to launch our NFT and everyone can jump in. Well, of course, you're, you're forcing you know, mass transactions at that one time because everybody wants to get in on that first 10,000. And so that's ultimately where like the whitelisting even came out from, right? Because whitelisting, whitelisting ultimately allows for two things. It allows for NFT projects to have a projection of people that are interested in buying the NFT. Because remember, a whitelist just means that you are approved during you know, a certain period. You're pre-approved to actually buy the NFT. It doesn't mean that the people will, and it doesn't mean you have to, but it means you're on a pre-approved list. And just remember, whitelist and blacklist is a, is a computer networking term, right? A whitelist means you're going to say these are the things that are approved, uh, a blacklist says, these are the things I'm going to deny, right? So you, the blacklist is, you're talking about the things that you're going to prevent from happening. A whitelist is the things that are actually your, uh, the things that you're authorizing to happen. Two different styles, two different ways of kind of managing, um, you know, just looking at things you know, as a whole. Now, we're also seeing things like pre-sale and public sale. And then we're seeing things like mint passes. Now, the mint pass concept for me, I actually like but it also requires another layer of education. So recently, um, I actually purchased a, the White Rabbit uh, Mint Pass. And so what it actually did, I can't remember the exact amount. I should have actually pulled that up. But um, I, pay, I think it was 0.1 ETH. And I bought the Mint Pass for um, the White Rabbit NFT. And what that meant was, is that when they opened up their Mint Pass sale window, they said in this 24 hours, anyone with a Mint Pass can purchase an NFT from us up to three of up to three NFTs. So that was how they put the limit on it. Now, the neat part about it is that I yes, I paid a, a point one for the mint pass. But the actual NFTs themselves, I was actually only paying gas fees for each uh, NFT when I went to go buy them, right? So I and what it does is it authorizes my wallet and says, Yes, you have a mint pass. It says you get one transaction per mint pass. So I can't buy one and then buy another one and then buy another one. If I bought one, I would have to wait for the public sale to exist. And so what I was able to do is I was able to use my 0.1 ETH that I bought it for, and I was able to buy three White Rabbit, um, you know, Mint Gate uh, or the Gate uh, NFTs, which is paying gas fee for the three. Now, those gas fees are stacked, so it's not like I got a discount for buying three all in one transaction. But ultimately, what I what like when I did the calculations of it, I ended up paying you know a little bit less than 0.3 ETH 
for the three NFTs. So therefore, like from a mint price, they were ended up being like 0.97, um, Ethereum. Now that's kind of nice because it, it gives me a window to decide when I want to buy them. Um, it also only makes it so it's only one transaction per mint pass. So it's not people going in there and buying, buying a, a ton of them. But that also requires like, you know, education. And the thing, the other part of this that I forgot to mention is as soon as that transaction is taken, the, the mint pass that was in my wallet is automatically removed and in most cases burnt from my wallet. So it's no longer there, right? So all of a sudden, what the thing I bought is no longer there because that's how they validate that I am approved to actually make that purchase um, at that time. Now, we've seen a whole slew of things that people are trying to do to um, mitigate uh, the gas wars. You know, One of them is that we, we should be working together that if big projects are dropping during certain timeframes, that we should also like not put our project at that same time frame. Especially if you are a smaller project, it would really you know it behoove you to you know, identify what other uh, NFT projects are launching on the same day as you and try to avoid that that time window as much as you possibly can. Um, the other part of this just comes down to, you know, giving people like a, a, enough of a window, but not too much of a window. Um, I personally get really frustrated when I see, I, I discover an NFT collection and they say we're launching on January 27th. And on January 7th, 27th comes, is actually that's their their whitelist window. And so the next two days they allow people on the whitelist and then they have a day of presale. And really the, the, the sale of the, you know, the public sale is until February 1st. And then I'm like, okay, well now I have to put on February 1st. Well then when it gets to February 1st, I recognize when I look at the total amount of for sale that they only have a thousand left of their 10,000. They've sold 9,000 through their whitelist and their presale. Well, wow. What's the chance of me getting one of those 1000 at the end? That's like a very, um, unwelcoming feeling. And, and I, and I'll kind of wrap this episode with this, you know, in mind, hopefully this kind of helped everybody kind of wrap their head around gas. And I'll give you a tool, a couple of tools that uh, websites you guys can check out um, to be aware of gas. Um, if you're in our discord, you can use choose backslash gas in our discord and it'll tell you it'll pop up with the exact gas price at that moment for you individually. It's not a, it won't be like a public discord post, but so if those of you that are in, this is a good reason to jump into our discord. Um, you'll actually be able to, you know, if you're going to make a purchase, just open up discord use slash gas and then it'll pop up and tell you what is the current guai at that moment but the the thing that i I, you know i just want to put out there you know as we look at this you know gas fees and transaction fees and and how this whole world works you know i do think that you know when we think about you know public adoption or mass adoption if i see a project that is getting a lot of buzz and doing lots of twitter spaces um, and, and I'll just use one for example. I love the Women's Tribe. There's a there's a NFT that's dropping very soon called Women's Tribe. Um, they've c- collaborated with Fame Ladies, and uh, I've, lot, I've seen a lot of the projects. I'm a huge fan of you know Fame Ladies, uh, Women and Weapons, and Crypto Chicks are like three of my you know uh, personal and Alpha Girl Club uh, are, are four of like my favorite uh, you know current projects right now. And there's a project called Women's Tribe um, that is getting a lot of buzz, lots of uh, you know conversations around the project. And I will tell you the feeling I've received, the feeling I have right now is, well, I'm not going to get that mint, right? Because and I will tell you, I don't have the time right now to jump into every Discord and play the whitelist games of like you know engagement or like this post or you know the first 500 people that you know do A, B, and C and D and you know whatever. I just don't I just don't have that time right now because of the podcast because of the things we're doing. And I understand, hey, if you put in the work and you get the whitelist, you're entitled to that. 
But here's the feeling I've been getting recently, and this is not a good feeling that we should have as an NFT community, is if I see something that is a really great project and everyone rec- is starting to recognize it as a great project, I just assume it's, it's not going to be one that I'm going to have on the day it launches. And I don't think that's, a, that's the right way of doing this, right? I don't think that means... So I think there has to be a way for us to be better at um, you know giving the public the ability to the opportunity to get an NFT. Now, part of that can be you're only allowed one per wallet. Well, now, now, now that could be an, you know, a, an option, but then that also plays into another couple of scenarios that we could talk about, right? Where if everybody only has one, then the transaction volume is down. And, and then if we say, if it's only one per wallet, there's a lot of whales and bots that are really good at buying a lot per wallet or, or buying one in a wallet, switching it out of the wallet, buying another one. So there's lots of things that like, yes, it sounds like a great idea, but then it also opens up another problem. But I will say uh, it's definitely something that we need to be aware of um, as a as a NFT community, because um, it is something that I think is uh, problematic right now with NFTs, is that a lot of the collections that people are excited about or find out about on TikTok or Instagram or other channels they don't, aren't going to gonna have zero chance of actually getting it when it releases, which means a, a zero chance of getting it at a low entry price. And we've seen a lot of these influencers, a lot of these bots that are just shady and, and bad for the, comp, the, the community. Well, they'll go in there and buy a hundred of them. They'll put them for sale five or 10 X right away with the goal of just maximizing that and saying, ha we're lucky because we're best friends with you know someone on the team and they gave us the option to buy them ahead of time. Uh, and we're going to take advantage of all of the, the average public uh, because of that. And, you know, unfortunately, that's part of the game as well. You know, there's, it's easy to complain about that, but that's just kind of the way this works. So definitely keep all that in mind. With that being said, you know, there is a couple, um, you know, I mentioned my Discord is, is a great place for um, you to check out if you want to check out the gas fees. Um, I will tell you, like right now, uh, I'm using IC Tools uh, and the gas fees on IC Tools. I told you earlier it was 179. Uh, gas fees have gone up. So right now, gas fees are, are 212. So it's actually higher. So right now, I would not buy um, or post for sale a new collection um, at this moment because as soon as it's over 200, I try my best to avoid making um, any of those type of, uh, you know, decisions. Now, two websites that you guys can check out. There's a lot of websites that will give you gas fees, and but I like the two that I like are ethgasstation.info. Uh, so ethgasstation.info um, is a great website that kind of gives you. Uh, it tells you like you know what what is the current gas fees. What are like what's the amount? It gives you also a little bit of like um, you know. Uh, it gives you an estimation of, of things that are going on. Uh, and then another one that's a, a fun website that, you know, that definitely you might want to check out is txstreet.com. TX, so it's Tango X-Ray Street dot com. It gives you like a cool little South Park um, visual here where you can actually see, you know, let's say, you know, we, we can just look at, you know, the Ethereum side of the house. We don't have to look at, uh, you know, the, the dual side, but we can look just at Ethereum and it'll actually show you um, the different, you know, aspects of what you're looking at, right? So it'll show you how many transactions are coming in and then it'll tell you how many that are actually being executed. And you can see like, hey, as it gets clogged up or what are the pending transactions, you know, what are the actual, you know, costs there? And and that's definitely something, you know, you can uh, kind of have some fun with, you know, it even shows you where the different um, transactions are coming from. Uh, you know, are they coming from OpenSea? Are they coming from MetaMask? Are they coming from uh, Rarible? Are they coming some, from SushiSwap? So it's a pretty cool little visual they have over there. Um, and it's txstreet.com uh, uh, that you guys can check that out um, as well. And like I said, there, you know, Right right now, it's easy for us to only com- focus about complaining about gas fees, but it's really what 
keeps the Ethereum blockchain running. It's, you know, and those gas fees are going to the miners that are actually doing the work for us to actually execute on our transactions. And, you know, I will just say that, you know, as we know that they'll go down, we also have to recognize things like as the gas fee prices go down, also at the same time, the total amount of people buying NFTs is going to go up. Well, then are we really going to see gas fees go down drastically? Because as they go down, the volume goes up. And as the volume goes up, it increases the amount of gas needed to to actually execute a transaction. So just be aware of it. It's part of the game that we play. Um, it's much like, you know, you know, I, we get to a point where you just don't care about how much tax you're going to have at, at the fast food restaurant because it's just the way of life and things that exist. And right now it's kind of like our way of life and, and the things that we have to deal with. So with that being said, uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Um, the nice part about, you know, the you know, this podcast is powered, super powered by the ADHD coin over at rally.io. And what's nice about rally is there are no transaction fees because there's no gas fees because we are on the side chain of Ethereum. So if I buy an NFT or I sell an NFT or I transfer an NFT over on rally, there are zero fees. So nice little benefit over there. Um, and it's also that means when you are buying ADHD coin. So definitely something that you might want to check out, just go to ADHDcoin.com. You can buy, uh, your ADHD coin there. Um, and if you jump into our Discord, if you're holding a certain amount of coin, you get more uh, access to different levels. Of course, if you're holding one of our our, our NFTs that support this podcast, um, it'll also open up uh, new channels as well. So, um, you know, till tomorrow, my friends, uh, you know, gas fees are still going to be there. Uh, no matter, you know, really how we, we, we cut it right now and just kind of a necessary evil, but hopefully we have a better, little better understanding of where the gas fees come in, um, how to think of them, why you get charged gas when you're just listing an NFT or you're transferring an NFT and why it some, seems sometimes you get charged and sometimes you don't. You have to really think about it from a, you know, is this me posting a collection that I've already posted before? Also, is 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 an actual gas, uh, you know, uh, a unit actually required to execute this? And if not, then there won't be a gas fee. But if there is, of course, there will be a gas fee. And, you know, hopefully, um, you know, you either we either figure it all out or, you know, you move somewhere else. You know, I live here in Northern Virginia. And the only way you really can beat traffic is to not live in Northern Virginia or to work from home. Because I will tell you, I live in Northern Virginia, and the amount of gas I pay in my Jeep Wrangler is very low, because my my commute to work is about 14 feet from my bedroom down to my office. So, uh, hey, we all can't do that, but that's just kind of uh, a funny way to look at it. Till tomorrow, my friends, make it a great day. Cheers. The show.